Welcome back. Another edition of the Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast. Trent and Biz talking the world of Hawkeye athletics with you. It's turning into the quiet season. Basketball is over. Football spring practice is wrapping up. We got a little baseball going on. And then after that, it'll be a long, long, slow walk before we get back into football season. Biz, how are things? Good. It's been anything but the quiet season for you, though, Trent. Since, uh, since we last spoke, you've attended a Final Four. Had uh, uh, turned another year older, and I believe uh, you found out you're having a baby boy. Is that true? Yes, baby boy Kinnikanen will uh, be on his way here at the end of August. So looking forward to that. Getting to live my final year now of my 30s before the Big 4-0 happens next April. And yeah, the Final Four, uh, just absolutely awesome. Biz, you know my love for college basketball. Though, of course, I always hoped that it'd be the Hawkeyes there when I got to go to a Final Four. Alas, it was Texas Tech and Virginia, not exactly the who's who of college basketball, but still a great experience, a lot of fun up in Minneapolis. And well, anytime you can hang out for a weekend with Rusted, you know it's good. Well, and you got to see some fun games, too. I know everybody was kind of uh, down on the Virginia-Texas Tech matchup because it wasn't real sexy and people thought it was going to be boring, but uh, that couldn't have been any further from the truth. That was a heck of a basketball game, and uh, you know, I think uh, – People were ready to pounce on the fact that it was not going to be very fun, and so it was kind of fun to kind of uh, see those two teams play a good brand of basketball because, uh, let's be realistic, if if, if uh, Iowa's ever going to make the Final Four, they're going to have to uh, do it more in the lines of what Virginia and Texas Tech did than what the uh, Dukes and Kentuckys in the world do. Yeah, not seeing a whole lot of one and dunners though Joe Wieskamp is uh, a possibility of a one and done. We will certainly get into that here during our conversation today, but you know, uh, great basketball, more importantly, though, great defense, and that I think kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the conversation we're going to have with this Iowa team going forward and, and some possible changes uh, with them and what they're going to do and look like going forward. But you got to play good defense. I mean, it's one thing, and Iowa's been very good offensively throughout the years. You look at efficiency numbers, you just look strictly at points they put up. They improved defensively this year, but there's a long ways from what we saw this season compared to the teams we saw in the Final Four. Yeah, and, you know, we're taking baby steps in that direction. They may at least acknowledge that uh, defense is a requirement this year, which uh, is a step in the right direction, Trent. So let's uh, let's stay positive and hope that that's the start of uh, start of things to come as far as the defensive uh, renaissance for Fran and the squad. <laughs> yeah, not holding my breath exactly on that one. Well, let's get into this basketball team and a look forward of what they're going to be, what they can be going forward, and, and what the team is going to look like for 2019 2000. 20 season starting with Tyler Cook uh, Tyler Cook announced that for all intents and purposes he is gone short of him having some kind of devastating injury that would happen here as he warms up and gets ready you know to go to combines go to scouting camps those types of things his Iowa career it, it felt from the posts that he put out on social media he is as good as gone to consider him back in a Hawkeye uniform next year I think would be silly well, and we, I mean, you and I both talked about that last time. I mean, we knew it was, we knew it was going to happen. It was just uh, postponing the inevitable. Cook, uh, I think Cook knew from the moment he came back last year that this was uh, 
his last year. And no matter how he played or, or what happened, he, he had made that decision. And you know, good for him. He, he, we talked about it last time. Uh, he's going to go make some good money somewhere. Will it be in the NBA? I don't know. But he's going to make good money, and he's going to be a good basketball player for somebody. And you know, we we predicted Cook. Uh, unfortunately, you know, well, or I don't know, unfortunately, but we also predicted that Macy Daly would be. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving on, and my third prediction was Moss, which uh, fortunately we haven't heard anything yet, and, and I hope I'm, I'm clearly wrong on that as well. But uh, right now, two for three, Macy's now uh, an Akron Zip, and Cook may be a, uh, a Italian team superstar. He could, very well could be. Good place and a good place to live, uh, certainly, and it makes some money playing basketball. Living in Italy as a guy in your, your early 20s. Not a bad place to be. You know, uh, as we kind of take a look through I like, here. I like that you say that like you've been to Italy before, Trent. I have. I spent a summer there. You know this. Are you serious? Yes. It was It was the summer after I lived in 520. Need to get away oh, from I that godforsaken place. I didn't even pay attention to the fact that you were living in our basement, Trent. I certainly <laughs> didn't pay attention that you moved across the uh, United or across the continent. Uh, I, I had to check in. I, I was able to check into my fantasy baseball team once a week uh, through old dial-up computer in Italy, and uh, that was the year I believe that I won our fantasy baseball championship. So hands off apparently was the way to go, and the only way I can win that godforsaken league. Yeah, yeah. Three months in Italy, you, you don't even remember. What kind of friend are you? Well, I, do you know what I did that summer? I I, I would guess it it, it involved uh, drinking and, and going to brothers. And Jake's? Well, that's a good guess. That's pretty much what I did every summer. So, yes, you're correct. <laughs> Nailed it. See, I, I got you figured out. All right. Uh, you know, Isaiah Moss is an interesting one. There's been rumblings. There's been some things out there. One thing that I have heard from uh, some different people that he's not in line right now to be able to accelerate and graduate here this summer, where you see this a lot of times where, you know, guys 12, 15 credits shy of graduation, they kind of put pack it all together during the summer. It doesn't feel like – that's a viable option for him. So if he would transfer, he'd have to sit out another year. He's already taken a redshirt year, and then would he even be eligible? Would he be eligible for a six-year of eligibility with two redshirt years? I don't think so. So maybe at least in that avenue, good news for Isaiah Moss coming back. So, so you're saying he's stuck here, basically. He no Pretty choice, much, so. yeah. But, uh, I, you know I've been critical of Isaiah Moss over, mm-hmm. over the years, but uh, I, I'm 100% hoping that he is coming back because I think he's got a chance to, uh, you know, if you can bring back, you got Bohannon, uh, you got Bohannon Moss Wieskamp. I mean, that's as good of a shooting trio as you're going to see anywhere in the nation, around the nation. And, you know, obviously Wieskamp is, is throwing his name in the hat, but I think you and I are both in total agreement on that also, that A, it's a great choice by him, and B, that he has absolutely no intention of leaving at this point. He's doing it for the uh, – the sole purpose of getting some feedback and seeing what he can uh, do to improve his uh, options down the road. Yeah, I equate it to a basketball internship. It's something that I think anybody should do year after year. You're able to do it throughout your collegiate career. You don't lose anything. There's no penalty for doing it. I certainly think it's the right thing to do. And, yeah, anything short of you know, Joe Wieskamp and a guy late, a team late in the first round saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to draft you, we're going to stash you for a year in the G League, and then, we're going to go from there. Outside of him getting that kind of guarantee, I don't think any shot. And I don't expect that to happen. He's got a chance, though, to have a meteoric rise next season. He'll have a lot more on his plate. I think a lot more is going to be put him offensively. And if he puts up the kind of numbers, he's probably going to go through this process again next year. But I'm with you. I certainly expect that Wieskamp will be back in a Hawkeye uniform next year. You mentioned those three guys. You also get Jack Nungy coming off his redshirt year after sitting out last season 
and of course Cordell Pemsel after uh, the injury and reworking of the knee injuries that he's dealt with before. They tightened up some hardware inside of that knee. Both those guys are going to be back out there. This is back to uh, what we've talked about in the past with a lot of Fran teams. This is going to be another deep team, even minus Tyler Cook next season. Well, and this team, to me, I mean, you look at the predictions for next year, they're kind of all over the board. I saw was it Joe Lenardi had us predicted to be like a three seed yeah. is a ridiculous way too early. But then on the flip side, I think Seth Davis didn't even have us listed in the top, whatever, 45 or something. But like usual, I think the correct answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I think this team will probably be a fringe top 25 team at the start of next year. And, you know, I, I excited to go into a year with some, some high hopes. But to me, this team's got to uh, – got to learn to play to its strengths. I mean, because if you look at this team, the two things, the three things they're going to have, one, you just talked, they're going to have plenty of depth. One, they're going to have plenty of size. I mean, other than Jordan Bohannon, this is a team where, or Bohannon and Toussaint, I guess, you combine those two, everyone else is a legit 6'5 or bigger on the team, and and they're going to be able to shoot the heck out of the ball. Mm -hmm. So you look at those three strengths, you know, what they're they're going to lack is they're not going to have great athleticism, and, and I think we know they probably won't be unbelievable on the defensive end. So we can't be that up-tempo, try-to-outscore-you type team. I mean, realistically, we're not going to be Virginia either. We're not going to be, you know, we understand we're not going to be defensive-based. But uh, we got to find that happy medium between trying to outscore people and uh, being a slow-plotting uh, Virginia-type team. So, And I think we can. I mean, Fran's shown in the past that he's been able to do that. But uh, we kind of got away from that for a couple of years, and hopefully we, we, we learned our lesson a couple of years ago, I think. You also add into the mix Patrick McCaffrey next season, and Connor McCaffrey's still going to be around. We'll see what he can do and, and what kind of impact he's going to make next season. You know, Patrick, a very interesting one. Biz, I know you saw him a few times at the high school level. I've seen him here at the state tournament. He's much more athletic, more springy than Connor is. Not only that, he's four or five inches taller than him. Incredibly slight. He is never going to be a big guy by any means, and and you're certainly going to see him in the Big Ten b- bounced off his spot. What kind of role do you anticipate for Patrick McCaffrey next year? Hopefully no role at all. I mean, I really think he's somebody that could benefit from a, a redshirt season. Not because I don't think he's capable of being a, a Big Ten player. I think he is. I think he can come in and contribute, but I'm just not sure we necessarily need him next year. I mean, we've got plenty of depth. Plus, he could really benefit from just a year in the weight room and, and putting on 15 pounds. So, ideally, I'd like to say no role, but I think if he plays, he'll contribute because, you know, I don't in any way want to compare him to Joe Wieskamp because he's not Joe Wieskamp. But the one thing, watching those guys play the last couple of years, the one thing they have is very comparable is they both have just off the charts basketball IQ. I mean, they're both just, they're in the right place at the right time. They're guys that, you know, you go back to the, you know the air whites of the world, the, the weeds camps of the world. They just, they just, they just good things tend to happen because they tend to be in the right place. And I, I think Patrick McCaffrey will be the same way. He just really, uh, he understands the game. Uh, obviously, Connor does as well. But like you said, he's, he's clearly more athletic and got more length than his brother as well. So, if he plays, I mean, I think he can contribute. But my my hope is that he doesn't have to play at all. That would be a good, certainly, omen, I think, for this Iowa basketball team if you can bring in a top 75 player and you're able to redshirt him, sit him out, and, and get him stronger. The one lingering doubt that I have, I truly believe that Connor McCaffrey, A, he knows that his future at the professional level in sports is not a basketball, but it's on baseball. And with him being draft eligible even this season, if he makes a decision, I want to play one year with my brother, 
They have that conversation, be it him playing 10, 12 minutes a game, same thing for Patrick, just an opportunity for them one final time to play together, and then Connor departs to play baseball. Patrick then is ready for his sophomore year after playing a little bit as a freshman. I think that's one uh, little nugget that still could be lingering with this. Yeah, well, I, you know, we've talked in the past. I like Connor McCaffrey as a as an eight to ten minute a game player, yep. and I think he can really fill a role. You know, doing that type of, you know, you know, filling at the point guard position and, and being that extra ball handler when needed. But you know, I, I think you're right. I mean, his his upside appears to be on the baseball side, and I think he's kind of starting to realize that a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, he continues to be on the roster uh, long term. So with that, Biz, uh, expectations, as he mentioned, nationally kind of all over the place. I would say a fringy top 25 for a team for Iowa going into next year. The schedule, a lot of it is out. The Big Ten schedule has already been put out, at least the teams that you'll be playing twice, the teams that you're playing uh, one single time. Took a look at that yesterday. I didn't think anything really jumped out. Just get Michigan State one time. Don't have to go to Wisconsin next season, but overall, I mean, you're playing 20 conference games. It's going to be a difficult slog, kind of whatever draw you get. Yeah, I did the same as you did, kind of took a quick peek at it, and my initial thoughts were it seemed relatively favorable. I mean, didn't seem like we got, you know, absolutely posed or anything, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's also just so hard to predict because you, know, you never know what's going to happen in the next, you know, 60 days as far as Teams having guys leave, teams having guys you know, transfer out. It's, it's almost impossible to predict college basketball more than about six months out anymore. That, that's the way it is. And uh, there will be probably a summer conversation when rosters are set a little bit deeper and we can figure out a, a little bit more about who's going to be there, what these teams are going to look like going forward. Michigan, Michigan State, they certainly have some questions. Who's going to be back? Who's going to be departing? You know, When you look at Michigan State, Jordan Poole, Braz Dacus, Charles Matthews, all three of those guys have put their names in early, and, and we'll see what comes back. So, yeah, you're right. A, a difficult conversation, I think, to have, kind of looking at the Big Ten as a whole at this point in time. All right, Biz, from uh, from there, a look, and I mentioned the non-conference schedule. Pretty salty one next year. Neutral court game against Cincinnati. They'll be playing in Vegas uh, over Thanksgiving. They get Creighton in the first round, and with the win, more than likely Texas Tech, San Diego State, the other team that is going to be there in that one, ACC Big Ten Challenge, don't know the opponent. Same thing with the Gavit games against a Big East team. But overall, difficult schedule next year regardless. And I didn't complain about it this year with the 300-plus the teams in the RPI or the net rankings. I don't think I'll have to complain well, about it next you, year. you complain, just not quite as much as you Not as much, yeah. That, that's fair. That's fair, yes. Yeah, and I, I'm just be ready, Trent. I mean, just if you uh, – Except the fact going in that the last five games are all going to be swack opponents, then you won't be disappointed. Ah, yeah, just what we need. Southern Illinois Edwardsville. That will be uh, the home opener November 6th. Get your tickets now. Well, that's uh, maybe they're doing that in honor of AJ Epinesa. Isn't he an Edwardsville uh, native? Maybe some of his old high school cohorts are on that SIU Edwardsville team. Uh, Other games, Kennesaw State, Oral Roberts will be coming in. Will Ray Thompson make an appearance? I'm sure he's still working his way through school. Ray appeared to really put that effort into the book, so he's probably there still. That's not kind. That's not kind at all. All right, let's move on. Basketball, anything else before we get into some football thoughts? No, I don't think so. Let's, let's swing into some spring football, even though we're, uh, we don't get to see them this year. Yeah, don't get to see them. I, I think there was some availability for media members. I wasn't invited. Unbelievable for that one uh, today. 
maybe next year. Maybe next year I'll, I'll be able to be invited in and get to get an up-close glimpse of things. But alas, we're just going off of conversations, listening to Copeland earlier this week, Ken O'Keefe, uh, the coaches that they make their way through. We'll get, I'm sure, one final uh, conversation with Kirk Ferentz at the end of spring practice overall. As you sit here, what what leaves you concerned? What's the angle of this team that uh, leaves you kind of shaking your head as you look at the team up and down? You know, not, you know I don't. It's hard to say anything concerns you because in spring football, especially when you don't get to see the team, everything is so so rosy. I mean, we're at that week. This is the annual week where you uh, get to the which wide receiver is going to be absolutely amazing yeah. discussion. I mean, over the years we've had you know Jay Sheil, Derek Willies, even even Emmanuel Agu for a week or so. Though it was going to be that uh, unbelievable burner that we needed, and now obviously you've got two new names thrown into the hat with uh, uh, Nico Regani and uh, uh, Tracy. So uh, you know, I will say I'm. As somebody who slightly knows Kelton Copeland because I uh, coach his, his daughter in multiple sports, uh, he he definitely does not seem to be somebody that's prone to hyperbole because uh, he's really not somebody that talks much at, at all. So uh, for him to say some of the things he did about the wide receivers, uh, that's a good thing because he doesn't strike me as, you know, we talked about Fran being kind of the hype machine for his players. You know, Kelton doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to come out and and say those things unless he uh, truly believes they've got some talent. So hopefully you know, one of those two guys ends up being the, the solution because, because they clearly I've uh, got some gap when you're talking about missing uh, easily in the two tight ends. So there's there's some opportunities out there, and hopefully, hopefully this will be the year that it, it finally comes through, Trent. The, the wide receiver that was supposed to be amazing actually turns out to be amazing. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one, but we no, can we can be very hopeful. Had some great things to say about Tyron Tracy and uh, also Nico Regani. Two guys, he said, are is it Tyron or Tyrone? Ooh, well, uh, Tyrone. Oh, it's Tyrone. As, as somebody who's got a middle name of Tyrone, I, yes, I, I was counting on cheering for cheering for Tyrone the next few years. Yes, yeah, we have, well, well, we will go with Tyrone then. So, regardless, he had a lot of great things to say about him and both Nico Regani. Though the one part that jumped out to me, though, he was calling out Amir Smith Marset. We know a guy that, in the past, has they gave him crap about being on his cell phone too much. We heard that conversation, I think, a spring ago, and he put out there, big play guy, but a guy that you're certainly hoping for more from. Just a motivational ploy in your mind, or does it lead to more concerns for you with Amir Smith Marset? You know, there must be something going on in that New Jersey high school because uh, it reminds me a lot of Akram Wadley. Yeah. For, for multiple years, it was always kind of uh, get to 190 pounds. Kind of, yeah, well, trying to kind of tap, you know, tap down the expectations, and I think that's probably what's going on here. Also, is that you're you're trying to make sure he doesn't get too big of a head and doesn't uh, get too far ahead of himself. Because I mean, you saw him last year. I mean, especially from from a return game. Only, I mean, he can be an absolute uh, weapon for this team, even if he's not a great wide receiver. I mean, he ended out, I think, if not first, certainly in the top two or three when it came to returns, and it sounds like they're at least going to give him a shot at punt returning, which uh, I'm not sure that's the greatest idea of all time. He doesn't strike me as somebody that's going to make the uh, the greatest decisions when it comes to returning punts, but if he, if he catches it, it'll be a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, a big t- play guy out there. The other wide receiver, of course, Brandon Smith and We've heard the hype. We've seen some great plays out of him, but usually it's a singular play, maybe a game, and not the consistency that you're going to need. And Biz, as you mentioned, you know that tight end position 
with all the catches now available, with Hawkinson moving on, with Fant moving on, you know, there's going to be a chance here for us to to see a Drew Cook, to see a Sean Byer out there making plays, weeding, probably playing a little bit more. And then I would guess one of the young guys, at the very least, is going to get a, a chance to go out there and play a little bit. What kind of role they're going to have? Is it you know more of just a glorified flex kind of position where they're more of a tight end? Uh, the athletic kid from Illinois, his name escapes me right now, but you know something like that. Plenty of opportunities are going to be out there. I, I think one of the biggest keys, though, and I know we've talked about this in the past, they just got to be run, better in the run game. And be that if that means different running backs. Makai Sargent really did come on as the year went on, but they have to be better running the football this year if they're going to surpass what they did a year ago in terms of wins. Two straight years of uh, under four yards per carry is uh, not going to get it done. I think they've got the uh, ingredients in place to have a good running game this year. The running backs are, are – aren't great, but you got three of them returning. You'd like to think one of those three is going to step up and, and improve, and like you said, Sargent already seemed to improve quite a bit as the year went on. Um, it's funny to say you, you kind of started this conversation by asking about concerns, and, and realistically, the biggest concern for this team probably is tight end. It's, it's weird to say that, but uh, when you've got absolutely no production coming back and there's no kind of uh, for sure person coming down the pipeline, that's probably our biggest concern. I mean, to me, Tight end and special teams are probably the two biggest unknowns because you've got a new kicker, a new punter, and then you've got uh, pretty much an entirely new core of tight end. So something you didn't think you'd say for Iowa football, but tight end might be our biggest uh, biggest weakness right now. Over on the defensive side of the ball, when you looked at the spring depth chart that came out, you know the concerning element certainly defensive end, just not a whole lot of depth there. You're excited about what they have on that side and with the starters and Chauncey Golson and of course AJ Epinesa, but. Not a whole lot of depth behind them. That will be improved. Uh, they're welcoming in a, a, a transfer that'll be actually eligible for two seasons. That'll be making his way in. There's going to be guys on here. Defensive tackle, it feels like they got some bodies out there. Lattimore, Reef, Shannon. But depth overall up front as we see Iowa more and more going to six, seven, eight guys along that defensive line. That's the one thing. Excited about the starters and especially the starters at defensive end. But you got to be able to build some depth there up front. Well, and I also like the idea of kind of toying with Amani Jones um, as a, I don't know what they called him, an edge specialist mm-hmm. or whatever, but clearly I think what they're they're hoping he can do is that he can jump in in the Raider package and be one of the the four guys on the D-line in the Raider package. And, and at, from everything we've seen, he seems like he would excel at that position because uh, he doesn't lack for energy and he doesn't lack for uh, willingness to go hit people. It's... Uh, some of the other intangibles they seem to struggle with, the middle linebacker. But, you know, I think if you could just kind of unleash him and say, uh, go go hit the quarterback, he seems <laughs> like he would excel at that role. So now I just need to get him healthy, it sounds like. Yeah, ankle injury for him. He's out for the rest of the spring. Doesn't seem like it's anything overly debilitating, but a guy that needs the reps, he's disappointed to see that one. Defensively also, there's been so much talk of basically Iowa morphing, as we saw a year ago with Hooker into this 4-2-5 defensive look and what they call the cash position, the extra safety slash cornerback, extra defensive back that is in there for those purposes. I've heard a lot about DJ Johnson in the past when I've talked about this position. I've always been a Michael Ojemudia fan, making the move over from cornerback and maybe playing that spot. He's a big guy, physical dude. I I think he could fill in that role very well. But the uh, continued evolution of the defense a little bit different than the days of Phil Parker, and we're going to run 4-3 and cover 4 until we die. 
Yeah, and you know, if you read between the lines, it certainly looks like the coaching staff wants DJ Johnson to take over that position. I mean, mm-hmm. Ojemudia seems like he's kind of the uh, the safety net if it doesn't work out. But uh, I think you know, obviously, Phil Parker has shown over the years he's not afraid to put out uh, young guys out there, and when he's done that, uh, for the most part, they've excelled. So yeah. I'm hoping he takes that position and just runs with it. All right. Uh, anything else defensively? I guess if you are one of the people that considered it, it's part of the depth chart. The punter position is part of the defense. Rastetter and Grisande both listed on the two deep, but we got a badass grad transfer coming in from Arizona State. I'm excited about this kid. Tats all up and down. Well, yeah, anytime your your biggest uh, addition for the year is your punter. That's, uh, that's Iowa football in a nutshell. So, But uh, let, let's not go too deep into that punter, Trent, because uh, – he is part of the quiz for this year. So you ready oh. to transition to the annual uh, uh, spring football roster quiz? Absolutely. Bring it on. I'm ready for this. I'm already talking about the guy, though I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll wait a while. We'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you think for a little bit. But uh, you know, sadly, Trent, I believe last year we did this as the roster and rap quiz. Well, we've, we've had to drop the rap part because you failed miserably last year. It was I awful. You, you it was awful. You couldn't even name the members of NWA, if yeah, I remember. No, yeah. So uh, we've dropped that. We're gonna we're gonna let you focus on your your true strength, which is uh, random Iowa football knowledge. Okay. Are you ready? I am. I was born ready for this. Ten questions. Uh, these are Stat Boy assisted, but I, to be brutally honest, I only used a few of Stat Boys because uh, I truly had to dumb it down because the majority <laughs> of the questions Stat Boy sent me. Uh, I was quite confident you were not gonna get them because uh, I I couldn't get any of them. So uh, okay. We tried to dumb it down a little bit, so sorry to Stat Boy for not using some of his uh, his hidden gems because they were quite quite honestly they were, they were too hidden. So, but let's let's get started. Trent. Number one is very simple. Who was number seventeen on our roster this year? Number seventeen on the roster okay. this year. I'll give you a hint. It's a it's a person that's been around for a long time and has a changed number. So who's number seventeen? He changed it, I believe, at the end of last year. Oh boy! I uh, changed at the end. Uh, Drew Cook's eighteen. Ah, uh, you got me. I'm zero for one. Oh, Trent! I thought this would be a layup to start. Devontae Young. He's uh, eighty to seventeen. Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's always number eighty in my heart. I wanted to see him nope. play in defense wearing eighty. That's what I wanted. Well, no, nope. now he's a, he's a he's a safety and special teams guru. So put it put it in your memory bank, Trent. Number seventeen, 17. Uh, Devontae Young. You'll see him running oh, down on kickoffs a lot. Yes, you, you'll yeah. see seventeen well, out there on all the special teams. He's the jack of all trades. He's going to be the uh, leader of all special teams. It sounds like so. Oh for one though, Trent. Oh for one, disappointing start. All right, here we go. All right, number two, I think you can get though. Um, on our defensive line this year, Trent, it is likely that fifty percent of our projected starters are going to be from the same high school. Who are those two individuals from the same high school in our D-line? On the D-line, two starters from the same high school. Two starters from the same high school. I know Lattimore and Golston are both Michigan guys. Did they go to the same high school? They did. They both went to legendary East English Valley Prep High School. (laughs) So, uh... You didn't sound overly confident, but you did get it correct. Yeah, so, uh, one for two. You're you're off and running. So and uh, East English Valleys, isn't that where uh, our, our tailgate buddy Blair? Uh, he's English. That that wasn't. In I Detroit. believe that's a different English valley. Yeah, but I, I'm I think sure. So. I'm, having not been to the one in Detroit, I'm sure they're very similar. I I would guess. Yeah, student enrollment very similar in that one. Question number three. 
All right, number three is a, a, a returning question. It's an annual one, Trent. Who are the lightest and heaviest individuals on our roster this year? We'll start with the lightest. Lightest is a tough one. I'll give you a hint. It's a, uh, it's a, a redshirt freshman who has not seen the field yet. Oh, redshirt freshman who hasn't seen the field. Tyrone Tracy? That's a good guess, but incorrect. Terry Roberts. Ah, Terry Roberts. Pennsylvania kid. Yeah, okay. That's about 176. He uh, beats Amir Smith-Marset by a single pound. Amir Smith-Marset, 177. Okay, so I am going to guess the largest is one of two guys are starting tackles. Well, hold on. I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint here. The heaviest, there's actually a three-way tie for heaviest. There's three guys that are 320. Okay. You just said two of them. If you can get the third, Trent, I'll be impressed. Worf's... I, Alaric Jackson and you need a hint. Yeah, give me a hint. His father is a Hawkeye legend in a different sport. Yes, I, I know where this is. I I know James Winters and I know Trey Winters. There it is, three for three. Ding ding ding, three for three. Worth Jackson and Trey Winters all weighing in at a, a burly three twenty on the roster this year. All right, I like that one. All right, starting to heat up here. Let's go to four. All right, number four, you're obviously going to get – you should get half this question for sure. If you can get more than that, I'll be really impressed. There are – this is a stat boy question. So four guys on the roster have fathers that also played in Iowa. Two of them should be slam dunks. If you get three, I'll be really impressed. And if you get all four, Trent, I will be absolutely amazed. So name the two slam dunks as far as people on the roster that have dads that were Hawkeyes. Well, does Trey Winters count? No, no, football player, sorry. Got, got to be a football player. Okay, okay. I'm a football player. Good well, question. Well, one that I mentioned a little bit earlier, Drew Cook, number 18. That's one. There's one of them. Oh, boy, other people going through. Ugh, Don't overthink this, Trent. Who's the most popular Hawk this year? Most, oh, oh, Epinesa, yes. They there can, you go. They, they Epi Square, play. there's two. The other two, I don't think you'll get, but if you can get either one, I'll be impressed. All right. Uh, Wagoner's dad didn't. I know they were Iowa. I think they went to medical school. Both him and his uh, his dad and mom both went there. Oh, uh, 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 Nelson's little brother, uh, Nate Nelson. Nate Nelson, right? Dad played at Iowa. Well, that may be an answer, but that's not an answer. I found, that's not an answer. That's sound by Stat Boy. Oh, so come on, Stat Boy. On the Stat Boy loophole. Oh, come on, Stat Boy. That's awful. Or he may not have been on the roster. Oh, that could have so, been too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was on the roster yet. So the other two Stat Boy founder, Henry, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Was it Marquise? Marquise. Marquise. The wide receiver. Hell of a baseball player. His dad, mm-hmm. his name John, and he was in Iowa. And the last one is a, a walk-on linebacker named Joe Evans from Ames. His dad plays Iowa as well. So you you got the easy two, so we'll give you credit for that one. All right, all right, not too bad. And I found the loophole. Nathan Nelson, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Come on, stat boy. Very all right, number five. Ha- halfway home here, Trent. This is a good one. Sadly, there is not a single player on the roster from the legendary North Iowa Conference, which <laughs> I-, I believe has now been expanded to like forty-two teams. Yes, and there's, yes. there's still still nobody on the roster. I think the closest person to be in our conference is a likely starter. From Humboldt, Iowa. Who would be that likely starter from Humboldt, Iowa? From Humboldt. Oh, boy. Who is from? And when I say starter, he'll start in certain formations. That'll be your, your, your hint. Certain formations. Nobody in a four-two-five outside linebacker. Christian Welch, he's from Wisconsin. Think the other side of the ball, Trent. Offensive in some formations. Fullback? Yes. Who is it, though? Oh, 
Uh, Austin Kelly, did he graduate? He graduated. Who's the other one? Brady Ross? Brady Ross from Humboldt. Oh, yeah. Humboldt well, native Brady Ross. So, uh, step not, boy, step. Not, a, not a North Iowa Conference native, but uh, close. Close. You can get close to a few of the squads. The NCC, I believe. I believe that's the North Central Conference with Humboldt. And, uh, yeah, Stat Boy, he, he knew uh, a lady from Humboldt back in the day. Her nickname was MPT. Uh, he'll know what exactly that one means, and we'll keep this PG. All right, moving on, number six. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move past that part. That boy doesn't need that kind of uh, bad publicity. <laughs> so, uh, number six, Trent. All right, there's a true freshman coming in on the roster this year. They'll be taking over the title of tallest Hawkeye. Last year, uh, the tallest Hawkeye, number one and two, were the, uh, the Nelson brothers. They're both gone now. So a true freshman coming in from, from your area will be the new tallest Hawkeye. Can you name who that is? Yeah, it's the kid from over in Van Meter. I can't think of his name, but, yeah, he's like 6'7", right? Yeah, Chris Reams from Reams. Van Meter will be the new tallest Hawkeye. So, uh, again, partial credit. Right. You're, you're doing well, but not uh, not great. Eh, so. Good enough. Good enough for the girls yeah. I go with. All right, here we go. So, all right, number seven, Trent. This is the one we were talking about earlier. Really simple, Trent. Iowa brought in a new punter this year. What's his name? Ah, is it like Sleeper? Close. It's, it's a hyphenated name. So. Sleeper Holder? That's <laughs> not correct, no. <laughs> so if it was, that'd be super cool. But uh, it's Michael Sleep Dalton. So Sleep Dalton. All right, all right. Get, get to know it, Trent. So your job before the next one is A, get to know his name, and B, come up with a uh, a sweet nickname. I believe I coined Rock and Ron. Yep. So you're in charge of coming up with a, a nickname for the uh, I think I already did. The Sleeper Holder. That might be it. The sleeper holder could be it. I'll, I'll, I'll put that up for consideration. Okay, so. perfect. All right, number eight, Trent. Another simple question, number eight. Nate Stanley's hometown is Menominee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Spell Menominee. <laughs> M-E-N-O-M-I-N-E. You're Menominee. close, but not, not way off. You got the first five letters correct. Okay. M-E-N-O-M-I-N-E. O N I E. Partial credit? Can I get partial yeah. credit for that? Well, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Have you ever watched the uh, the spelling yeah. the spelling bees? Don't get partial credit when you get them all. I when get you the get a letter wrong. You get, get kicked the off the stage yeah, when you I get a letter know. wrong. So. That was a tough one. But, I'm a terrible speller. That's awful. Yeah, but you need to know it. The guy is literally. He's going to likely be the all-time uh, touchdown uh, leader for Iowa quarterback. You need to know where he's from, Trent. I know where he's from. I just don't know how to spell it. That's all right. Well, now you do. So let's let's put it you know, put it to memory. So. Meno Mani. Well, that, yeah, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but I, I tried to pronounce it uh, as close to the spelling as possible to help you out. Oh, boy. All right, all right. I'll, I'll work on that one. Number nine, two to go, Trent. Another simple one. We're getting straightforward ones. Worf or Epinesa? Who threw the discus further in high school? Oh, I'd say Epinesa. I, I thought he was, like, nationally ranked. Am I wrong? No, you're, you're dead on. Okay. I, I would have thought it was worse. I knew Worth was incredible in the shot put, which he was. And he was equally good in, in the discus. But Epinesa was, like, uh, national good. Yeah. Worth threw at 195, 195 feet and 2 inches. Epinesa, 205 and 11 inches, which is the all-time Illinois record holder by over 5 feet. So, uh not too shabby. No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Quite the athlete. All right. And think, so, so he threw it 205. Do you think combined the two of us could throw it 150? Oh, God, no. Oh, absolutely not. I, I, I don't think I could get it 30 myself. 
Well, that, but that gets me at 120. Yeah, and that's not happening. I thought I, thought I could get 75 if you could just pull your weight. No, 70. All right. Now, there is no way you can throw a disc of 75 without any practice. Well, I, going out there, 75. Oh, no, not, not, not tomorrow. I'm talking, we have to put a little. you got to practice a little bit. But uh, it's kind of like a Frisbee. It's got a float well, doesn't it? <laughs> it's kind of like a Frisbee. Uh, that shows you how out you're on on this one. All right, that, that was terrible. There's no way you can throw a disc of 75. In fact, challenge... Next time we'll work together, right? we we got to find a discus. Somebody's got to have one, and I want to see how far he can throw it. I am going to as long get... as I get a week notice. I need a week notice to at least do a couple practices. I think I can do it. I'll give you a day notice. That's all you get. All right. Well, as I get some practice notice. Number ten. Last one, Trent. It's an annual question. It's always one of my favorite ones. This year we have eight three-year letter winners returning. Four of them are on offense. Four of them are on defense. It's a tough question because really none of them, or maybe one of them is kind of a household name. Can you name five of the eight three-year letter winners? Obviously, they've got to be seniors and they've got to be guys that have contributed at least somewhat for three years in a row. So four on offense, four on defense. Can you get five out of eight? Going to start at quarterback Nate Stanley? That's incorrect. Mm, okay. Uh, the aforementioned Brady Ross? Brady Ross is one. Uh, wide receiver, no. Well, oh, uh, Devontae Young? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I, I count him in the offensive category okay. because that's where you guys – so that's two offensive, but you got two more offensive guys to go. Uh, tight, I thought the two probably easier ones to go probably. Tight and senior. I mean, Drew Cook certainly – he didn't get a letter in those first couple of nope. years. No, nope, but you think that's the correct position. Think that same position. Same position. It, weeding, did he weeding win? Weeding is correct. Okay. You got one more offensive guy to go. One more offensive guy. Tackles are all juniors. Inside, Banwart, no. Linderbaum, no. Ah, uh, Kellen Berger, hey, no. Thanks, flowing hair, Trent. <laughs> oh, uh, the, the Paulsons? Which one? Oh, Levi. Only one of them is contributing. Levi's regular. the better of the two, so I'm going with him. Yeah, Le- Levi's correct. I'm okay. not, unfortunately, Landon only has one. So, so, really? Wow. Yeah. So, but, yeah. But Levi's, that's with some gentle nudging, you were able to get yes. all four. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball, Trent. Uh, these four, I think you can get all four without any nudging. All right. Defensive end position, uh, no. Too young. Inside. Brady Reef? No. No. Good guess, but no. Uh, well, it's there, cool. there is a defensive tackle option, though. Lat- Lattimore? Lattimore is one. Okay. And you've got two linebackers, and you've got one in the secondary. Christian Welch has got to be one. Christian Welch is correct. Other linebackers. The other two have both been mentioned throughout the day today. I didn't mention Barrington Wade. That was my other guess at linebacker. No. Well, he's not even a senior, Trent. No. <laughs> That I'm really missing here. Um, senior. Both of them. Both of them are rumored for position changes. That that'll help you. Uh Amani Jones. Amani Jones is correct. And the last one is. Gino Stone. Uh, the possible star slash cast oh. slash whatever you want to call it. OJ Ojemudia. OJ, you say the best for last. Ojemudia. Yes. So. Oh well, I need a lot of assistance there, but I got there. You did, but you did, but uh, you know. Again, not exactly household names of our seniors. That that, no. that happens when you have guys uh, 
four guys bolt early. So uh, hopefully those eight guys uh, will all at least see some some contributions out of all eight of them this year. If Iowa was returning the four guys that departed early for the NFL, how much buzz do you think this team would be getting on the national scale? There's no doubt they'd be the favorites in the Big Ten West, but would we be talking about a preseason top 20 team, top 15 team? How much you, what do you think it was if all four of those guys were coming back this year? I've seen, even with those four gone, I've seen some places put us in the top 20, which is uh, yeah. insane to me. So, I mean, using that as your, your starting point, all four of them come back, I'd be shocked if we weren't considered a top 10 team. So, would that be nice? Ah, what could have been? What could have been? Instead, we'll get ready, and hopefully uh, the chips fall the way of the Hawkeyes. How did I finish up? How, what was the uh, the final discourse there in my god-awful guessing here of this uh, Iowa football roster? With some some hints on a few and uh, a few half credits, I had you yeah, 6.5 out of 10, so... Uh, <laughs> a strong 65%. Yeah, yeah, 65%. All right, well, it's good. Uh, good shooting percentage in basketball, but not so much in roster quizzes. But alas, here we are. All right, Biz, running out of time today. But before we depart, it's time for another edition of Biz's Beat. Hey, kids, gather around for Biz's Beat of the Day. Okay, here's Biz's Beat of the Day. <laughs> This is beat trend is uh, Tiger Mania, and that was uh, a blast from the past and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, whether you're a, uh, a Tiger Woods fan or a Tiger Woods uh, hater, there's no doubt that uh, he makes the sport of golf relevant. And uh, it was one of those situations, Trent, where you're going to look back at it 20, 25 years from now, and you're going to be like, uh, do you remember when that happened? And there are very few... Uh, where were you type moments uh, in sports. So when you get them, uh, enjoy them. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope it's the beginning of uh, another run by him because uh, as two individuals that you and I both enjoy golf, but uh, I don't know about you, I really generally don't care too much about watching golf unless Tiger's involved. So it's fun to see him uh, back, and let's hope he keeps it up for a while. Let's hope. It made uh, certainly Sunday a lot more interesting having him there and a guy that – well, you can uh, you can certainly talk about the past with him, but he just makes golf a whole lot more compelling, a lot more interesting. I'm right there with you. Having Tiger back is a good thing and makes the summer certainly go a lot, lot better. With that, Biz, we are out of here. Hawkeye baseball team this week uh, plays Nebraska and get some autographs. So, Bodie, excited to go down to the baseball game and get some autographs from the Hawkeye football players? Well, we will not be attending this week, but we did go. We went. So it was two, three weeks ago, and uh, watched them play Rutgers and my daughter throw up the first pitch. So uh, we, we've already been there. We, we saw a win, and we'll hopefully get back. But we'll be out of town for Easter activities this week. But I would assume when you combine uh, the football team being there plus uh, it looks like 70-degree weather, they should have, uh, if not a sellout, darn close to it. Good stuff, Biz. We'll talk again soon. All right, go Hawks.